With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Safe drivers save up to 20% with insurance. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance. Hello and welcome to this Gameplay Pod. In this pod, we get into talking about 121st in the world with a 4-3-3 variant, Matt Foot Trading's verified 3-5-2-5-3-2 tactics, and the best skill moves to use from a non-skilling top 200 player. Is Max Pace still important and tackling tips? I'm your host, Ben, and you'll hear all that and more on this week's Foot Weekly Podcast, brought to you by our supporters. Hello and welcome to week 19 of the Foot Weekly Podcast. This is the Gameplay Pod, out for everyone on the main feed, and I have with me three excellent players of the game of FIFA 21. Let's start off with our regular, no Steve Stokes, but after missing out on last week, he's back. It's Japes. Hello, uh, Japes FIFA. Hello, Ben. I think it's it's got to have been fun for you to say three gameplay experts, you know, for the first time not having Steve on the pod because you wouldn't be able to get away with that. Steve can't actually defend himself either, so I'm just taking pot shots. Well, you know, what is it like when the something's away, the, the mice will play? When the cat's away, the mice will play. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but happy to be back on the pod to discuss nice. all things FIFA with these dudes. Great, yeah, and uh, we'll introduce another relative regular, although it's been a long time for various reasons. Um, a very busy over team of the year, of course, as well. It is Matt Foot Trading. Welcome to the pod. Thank you very much, Ben. Yeah, I've been, it's been a while, but I've been away honing my craft. Elite one player now, so uh, I can nice. uh, hang around with the with the big boys in the pod. You know, Jape's very good player. Steve, obviously, very good FIFA coach. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad to be back. Uh, great to have you. And uh, we'll have to give Steve a right of reply probably to these uh, digs when he's next on. But yeah, Matt, great to have you on this and on that content pod, which Japes will be on as well as XEA community manager and now foot content creator and all around good guy. Chew Boy will be on as well. Plenty of insights from him, I'm sure, on that content pod on the supporter feed. For now, though, on this podcast, we've got someone who anyone around the Discord or listening to the Icon Roundtable will be familiar with, but it's great to have him back on the main podcast. It is top player and even more top player this week, 
Hubert, welcome back to the pod. Yeah, thanks for bringing me back. Uh, definitely excited for it. We should say, actually, people will remember if they listened last time, but you actually only started playing foot properly maybe a year or so ago. That's right, isn't it? And you were maybe doing some online seasons, but a lot of career mode before that. So it's, it's quite a rise. Yeah, yeah. Started around Road to the Final last year. So really just joined the Discord as soon as I got into foot and just kind of been taken off ever since, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Very impressive. And one of the great things about having you on with Japes now is that the top 200 finish was achieved with Japes 4-3-3 pretty much, right? Yeah, that's right. Only add get into the box or cross for the wingers and otherwise it's the exact same thing. So definitely owe a lot of my success to, to Japes on the pod. Fantastic. And uh, why don't we start off then with hearing from you what it was about that 4-3-3 that you think you know, gives you an advantage, I suppose, because uh, you might have maybe found advantages in other formations, of course, but you decided to go with that one. And I know you've filled us in, those of us who've asked um, you personally about why you've been using it, but it'd be good to, to tell everyone about that. Yeah, so I think I'd say the the reason that I enjoy using it so much, one is because I'm a very aggressive defender. So, you know, 10 death, press on possession loss definitely helps with that. But otherwise, I, I think that it really kind of counters any formation. It's hard to think of a single formation that it really struggles against. I mean, when you look at the common formations like a 4-4-2, you have a midfield overload, so you can just run rings around the center midfielders. 4-1-2-1-2, you have your CDM right on their cam. So if they don't have their wing backs doing a whole lot getting forward, then it kind of nullifies the attack pretty easily. And, you know, 4-2-3-1, it, it, the midfield matches up well as well. So I wouldn't say that tactics necessarily win you games alone, but it means that no one else's tactics alone are beating mine. Um, so it's, you know, a formation you can go into every game and not have to worry about, you know, what's going to counter you and you can you know find ways you can play wide, you can play through the middle possession counter really any style and it works really well. Yeah, great. And actually, Japes, you know, I mean, you've used it to get to a high level yourself, obviously, in weekend league. Do you have any particular formations that using that 4-3-3 uh, you've kind of struggled against or felt like you needed to change? I'm thinking now with all these people playing the 5-3-2, has that uh, affected you playing it at all or is it just something you're sticking to? I, don't, I think it actually matches up really nicely with the 5-3-2. So that's <clears throat> not one that is super bothersome. I think for me, it's more I'm susceptible to a certain type of counterattacking style. And occasionally, if I decide to play smart FIFA, hmm. whether you change the DM to man mark or balanced or cut passing lanes, it helps counter certain formations. And then, you know, if you're playing against the 4-4-2 four, four, player that plays on long ball and plays with their left mid and right mid on stay forward, if you have your left back and right back, even on balance sometimes, there there's a chance that you'll get beaten on a really easy counter. But like as a whole, I don't know. I play the formation because it's fun. And it, while, you know, to, to Hugh's point or to Hubert's point, it, it matches up really nicely with a lot of formations and it matches up pretty nicely with a lot of meta formations as well. So, you know, if you're having fun, play. this is the point of the year when everybody complains about like FIFA is not fun. And it's like, well, what are your tactics, right? And they tell you what their tactics are. And you're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> like, no wonder you're not having fun. <laughs> And you, should, you say that, you know, I mean, for those who aren't maybe so familiar with tactics and the impact they have, I think it's always good to, to get that out there. And I suppose what you're alluding to there is, you know, if you look up on YouTube, tutorial videos, it's all quite, you know, defensive and uh, everyone on stay back, that kind of thing. I suppose that is what you're referring to there. It's those those kind of tactics. It's also the idea that you are playing tactics, not because you think that they're fun or they're enjoyable, but just because 
you think that's what's meta are going to give you the best chance to win, period. Like, I th- I, I'm a firm believer that, like, you're going to perform better in weekend league and enjoy the game more if you have tactics that you enjoy more. Because, yeah, yeah. like, when things don't go your way, you're still having fun playing and, you know, that quicksand element. And when I say quicksand, I mean, I, it's something I'm susceptible to. It's the idea that, like, one thing goes wrong and you struggle so hard to, like, claw back into the game. Another thing goes wrong and you sink deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And when I use tactics that, like, I'm not confident in because I don't have fun with them, like, I'm even more susceptible to that idea. And I think people, when the game, quote unquote, like, goes against them and they're using this, like, you know, historically, like a four-two-three one, or if they're trying out the five-three-two and they're not used to it, but they saw a tutorial from mm. a pro on YouTube, and it goes wrong for them, all of a sudden everything's bad. Like I just watched these pro tactics; they just won this tournament. Why am I not winning every game? And it's like, well, there's like a lot of factors at play here, so you might as well just play something that's fun. Well, and also, you know, you think the reasons you play FIFA, or I hope so, are to enjoy yourself, to <laughs> have that sort of have that yeah. you know winning feeling. And also maybe to get some cards and, and collect them. Sure. At least if you're playing something you enjoy and it's a fun tactic, you're ticking one of those boxes. And I'd hope that for most people would be the most important box to tick of all the boxes. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. And as we've just proved, essentially, or as Hugh has helped us prove, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to use a tactic you don't enjoy to achieve great results so um i think that is important to remember hey let's move on to matt though because matt you obviously had a really good weekend league it's funny because we had richard buckley on last week and he just got elite one and uh i think maybe people out there listening who maybe want to guest on the pod just uh, ask me to book you in and then play weekend league and uh, <laughs> uh, elite one is confirmed. Um, but no, uh, you obviously stacked your team because you've done all your team of the pack openings and everything like that, which is going to help a bit. But also you were playing a three five two, which in itself is uh, very interesting. Well, I was playing three five two. I've got to admit, uh, I was actually including a little bit of five three two in there as well. Mm. <laughs> I know, I know. I was listening. To that. I was no, like, five oh, three two is fun. Gonna... It's like for the, for the most part, I'd say it's a pretty fun formation you know there's a lot of people they see five at the back and they think oh you're just gonna park the bus and you know grind out games that way but i was playing a seven depth you know i had two of my center mids on get forward i had my full backs on overlap and uh get forward all the time so it was a really attacking formation and for me it was it was a nice sort of switch for a three-five-two at times. I found the three-five-two is really good if you wanted to really get the wingers involved and sort of treat them as as two sort of wide attackers. But a five-three-two is just really good if you wanted that sort of midfield presence as well, um, especially with two centre mids, the left and right centre mid on get forward. It sort of made that. I know people talk about like the square in a four-four-two with the, the two strikers and the two centre mids, and it kind of formed mm. that at times, which I thought was was really, really nice. But yeah, I think just f- for the way I play, you know, a nice sort of attacking, ticky-tacker style, it, it really worked well for me and I enjoyed playing it. And uh, that's why we managed to clutch up the uh, the Elite One. Nice. So you did talk well there about the sort of difference between the 3-5-2 you were playing and the 5-3-2. Uh, I think one of my big criticisms, and you did again kind of cover it there, is that the 5-3-2, when I've tried to play it, has been pretty boring even when i've tried to 
play more attacking. Mm. Uh, I wonder whether maybe the players you're using in the positions is going to help because obviously, you know, you've got <laughs> very strong players, but you've also probably got some quite attacking players maybe in those midfield and, and wide slots. Like what, what would you recommend for players in those different positions? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a factor. You know, I've got team of the year Trent and team of the year uh, Davies on the, uh, the right and left wing positions. And obviously they were big influences on the attack mm. getting forward quickly you know we had a fast build up as well so it really did push them up the pitch as well as the centre mids where we got team of the year KDB team of the year Kimmich and that prime caca that was in SBCs so yeah it was it the team's definitely a factor I think you know you only have to look at most sort of pro teams to to see that teams do have an impact at some level but I, I've got to give some credit to the tactics where it's where it's due you know they were the the positioning of the players was very nice they were sort of creating these these triangles and these little squares to to pass the ball around well and there was there was always options available so i'm always one to you know if there's a, a so-called meta tactic i'll try and go against the grain at some points you know if i feel there's something different to be done but i got to say the 532 for me you know in conjunction with a 352 was a very very fun way of playing this weekend and did you play sort of attacking players in the wide centre mid spots because that's something that I've seen different interpretations, I guess, of the 5-3-2. Would you recommend proper attacking players almost uh, in those right centre mid, left centre mid spots? Yeah, I, I definitely would. I, I play both of my left and right centre mids on, on get forward. Hmm. Yeah, KDB and Kaka, they were very, very good in that position. I think it helps if there's if they're more physical because they are going to have to be doing some defending mm-hmm. being a being a centre mid in a, a three centre mid formation so you know Kaka was you know a bit taller made a few interceptions had a good physical presence about him and obviously KDB's team of the year you know he's he's a very very good player very strong defensively he was okay he was strong enough to to push a lot of players off the ball but I think yeah as long as they've got an okay physical presence I wouldn't necessarily worry about necessarily the defensive stats I think as long as they're strong enough to sort of put their body in there and make a few interceptions push a few people off the ball then they're, they're going to be good enough but yeah for for the way I was playing you know more attacking left and right centre mids just having sort of those top tier attacking midfielders was the key yeah yeah that's a, a good point and um it'd be interesting to know actually Hugh yourself you know we talked about the 5-3-2 a bit with Japes there and how the 4-3-3 Japes set up interacts with that I suppose and he was saying it wasn't a huge problem I guess you know especially at your level finishing a whole weekend league uh, you must have faced it a bit like how did you feel against it have you tried it yourself it's it's rapidly becoming uh, heavily adopted I think and uh, be interesting to know your thoughts too yeah so when I was facing the 5-3-2 generally the most success I had was quick transitions because in the 5-3-2 if the wingbacks come forward if you attack in transition, that means you have your wingers up against their wide center backs who are often, you know, fast center backs or even full backs. But at the very least, it means you have three versus three with your two wingers and your striker against their three center backs. And if you can get one of your runners from midfield to beat their man, then you can usually get a good chance. But it, it's definitely frustrating, especially if you go slowly and the, the defense has time to get reset and you know get behind the ball. But I think that the false nine instruction helps because with so many men behind the ball, then you have your false nine dropping off. So you have three center backs that aren't marking anyone. So if you kind mm-hmm. of pull them out and then get runners going at them and then you can play in behind, that's usually the most success I had. I have to say I haven't really faced it as much as other people seem to have. I don't know if it's like a 
Xbox North America thing or what, mm-hmm. but it's still mostly been four four two, four two three one, you know, formations like that. I did try it myself a bit and I, I saw why people like it. I just didn't love it because I didn't feel like I could press as well with no one up against the opposition fullbacks, which kind of I was over aggressive and pulled people out of position. Um and I think my pressing and defending is probably one of the things I'm best at. Um, you know, I don't really even use skill moves in attack a lot of time. It's just winning the ball and just attacking and exploiting space. So it wasn't really fit for me, but um, I definitely see why people like it so much. Hmm. Actually, you know, you brought up something else that I wanted to talk about, which is you don't use many skill moves and we play each other. So uh, I can attest to that. But also you do use some skill moves, I would say. The skill moves you use, you're quite selective about. What ones do you use? And I suppose if people are out there looking for adopting particular skills that are going to be worth adopting then the ones you use are going to be good ones for them if they're not using many currently right yeah so i definitely try to favor skill moves that are simple and reliable i think sometimes if people are you know less familiar with skills and they try to do them in situations where they're not as familiar like maybe you're kind of facing at an angle and you have to adjust your right stick flicks to you know compensate for that and you do the wrong skill. Or some people just do too many and it slows them down and it gives me time to recover if I'm, you know, mm. overly pressing. So um, when I'm attacking, it's usually just a skill where I know where it's going to take me. And when I get to that spot, I know what I'm going to do. So if I see someone making a run, I might do that double right stick flick for the Frankie Deong turn to turn back the other way and instantly play the pass. You know, I'm not just doing skills in hopes that the opponent goes the wrong way. And now like I have an opening like I'm, I'm doing it just to achieve a specific goal rather than just kind of doing a bunch of them and hoping one works mm, yeah, yeah the frankie deong turn occasional burba spin but not often um even the bridge um i know we were talking before that even post patch i think the bridge still has a lot of use i know people use the uh first time directional nutmeg as well um i haven't used that too much but i think it's fairly similar in practice to a bridge and then maybe the occasional Rainbow flick, you know, if necessary, um, kind of just to catch people out. Um, a sombrero flick if I'm winning comfortably and, you know, I feel like trying to get a rage quit, but otherwise not too much. Nice. Sounds good. That's an interesting point, actually, because I wanted to go on to talk about the patch. And actually, before we do, uh, Matt, are you going to be putting out your 532 tactics on Twitter or are you worried about getting pelters for adopting the 532? <laughs> uh, if you're not, then uh, pass them on to me and I'll put them in the, the patron tactic uh, bank. I'll, I'll, I'll let you have them then. I'll let you have them. I'll, I'll okay. have another week with them and uh, yeah, <laughs> see, okay, see yeah. if they're all that again. Yeah, pass them on to me maybe and I'll put them in the patron tactic bank in the meantime if people want to try that. And then, yeah, yeah. Uh, we can uh, let the people of Twitter wait until you're sure that they're good before, you know, potentially taking abuse. But yeah, let's move on to talk about the patch because, Japes, you've talked in the past about using a little cheeky flick up here and there and uh, they certainly aim to or say they have and I think it's fair to say they have patch the uh, flick ups and uh, how have you found that yourself? Have you seen that it doesn't They're terrible (laughs) now. They they patch them into a point where... They should just remove the pushing the right stick down flick up from the game entirely because it's so unreliable. Like there's, mm. it's it's so, so unreliable. Um, even like rainbow flicks with four star skillers, 
now. Sometimes mm-hmm. like the ball flies, you know, it's like the cow jumping over the moon occasionally. <laughs> like, what the hell happened? <laughs> like this rainbow's been this way for, in FIFA for years. And now, you know, it's it's entirely patched. I I basically completely removed them from the game for me. Unless yeah, you're like at definitely. a more or less like slow walk standstill with a player that's able to do the skill move. Like I don't and and maybe a maybe a first time flick somewhere in the box but like even then I was doing them with Ronaldinho over the weekend and like they're not quite the same so mm. I you know maybe because people know that they're going to be patched into oblivion they'll be even more unpredictable if you're rolling the dice and they pay off but I they're they're not something that I'm working on honing my skills for yeah yeah and sure I remember getting a clip maybe posting the discord where you'd sort of gone through a whole team from a corner using flick ups and that's obviously not going to be possible post patch but like japes are you thinking that it's something you're just not going to be using or can you see examples of where it did work when you were trying it over the weekend yeah i haven't really used it much since the patch like Jape said it seems just too unreliable um you probably could still do it but like i kind of alluded to with my skill moves before i'm really only doing skills if i know they're going to work and I can know what I'm going to do with them. Mm-hmm. So not something I've really tried. Um, I haven't really had any issues with rainbow flicks, but I probably only mostly do them with five-star skillers. So that probably helps. Yeah, that was my experience. I think if you have a player with high dribbling stats, five-star skills, I didn't think that the rainbow flick was too much worse. And in some ways, the slight randomness of the flick up can give it a bit more, I guess, unpredictability when you're doing it. I think it's just going to be less efficient, but can still be used effectively here and there. And I think that's probably how it should be. Before we take a break, actually, something I wanted to mention was, Japes, your stream on the weekend. For some reason, whenever I tune in, something crazy happens. And in this particular moment, I tuned in towards the end and you were facing a guy and were down by two goals, final what, 15, 20 minutes. He seemed like such a toxic player, um, passing it around at the back. <laughs> it wasn't Matt He'd for been, trading. Yes. <laughs> we did check the game attack. I was waiting <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I, I messaged him after and he was like, Matt foot trading's my inspiration. Um, <laughs> no, I, I didn't, but yes, that's correct. I, uh, I was two nil down against a guy who like, it's, it's sort of my, uh, I don't want to, it's, it's one of the play styles for me that like sort of breaks me, but it's just cause it like breaks my spirit. Mm. I would call it like kind of a mechanics abuse. Cause he started off the game doing just like nonstop skill move cancels and like trying to just hold and retain possession. And I was like, oh gosh, okay, this is going to be so much fun, right? Like, because you're not playing a like football simulation at that point, you're playing to abuse like the game mechanics. And uh, he had two shots on goal and scored both of them. And I was down in the 81st and put, I believe I set my team on like constant pressure then. And, you know, when you're playing on like 10 depth and stuff, like you're not going to change much else other than the constant pressure. Maybe I could put wingers mm-hmm. on stay forward, but even then I like them more involved in the buildup and managed to, to pull it back and scored an equalizer. I think at the 88th and I mean, it was fun because the chat was like loving it because I think it's one of those moments where <laughs> you like everybody's played that type of player. Like everybody mm. has. And sometimes you win and you make the comeback. Sometimes you lose. And when you've lost those games, like those are the ones that sometimes stick out in your mind is just like 
you know what? I think I'm done with FIFA for the day. And so being able to come back and like beat a player like that, not just like fun and rewarding for me, but I think, you know, that's something the chat enjoyed as well. But no, it's, you know, it's a fun weekend. I feel like I'm actually playing like pretty good FIFA at the moment. And so people are, you know, really complaining about the patches and stuff. And I, I, I still just think this game is like really fun for them. Like this mm. is still to me, like one of the best installments of the game in years. And the people that aren't having fun with this game, like look, look at the number of formations that have been quote unquote meta or have been used this year. Never in a million years has it been this way in the past. And people are not having fun with this game because all they're doing is trying to exploit mechanics to get the win. Like develop your own FIFA philosophy and try to implement it mm. and like use players that you like and you will have more fun with this game, I promise. Absolutely agree. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back to talk about whether max pace on attackers is important, tackling, defending through balls and plenty more. In this break, I wanted to give you some very useful info, which many of you will know and will be enjoying as I speak, but some of you may not. And if you don't, it's a game changer. You'll probably be aware that there are two Foot Weekly podcasts each week, one on the main feed and one available to patrons exclusively as one of many thank yous for patron support. But actually, what a lot of people don't know is that you can get that patron feed, which has both the exclusive supporter episode and the publicly available episode, that's this one, ad-free in your podcast app. You can get that unique RSS feed link in the original email you were sent by Patreon, which says something about rewards, or on your Foot Weekly Patreon homepage when you're logged in. Once you've found that unique link, you can click on it on mobile and it'll probably add it automatically, or just paste it in and there we go. It's super convenient and easy to do. The only thing I would say is I'm not sure it works on Spotify because Spotify doesn't allow for direct links, but that could be wrong. And you can always use the Patreon app, which is very good in itself to do that anyway. But also if you're listening to this as a non-supporter thinking, oh, I didn't realize it was that easy and going to be that convenient. Uh, perhaps I'll support the pod, get double the bonus podcast content, potentially much more from just £3 a month. Then do support if you can. Uh, you can do that over at Patreon, bit.ly slash more pod. So that's bit.ly slash more pod. And if you need some extra help with setting up the feed link, go to bit.ly slash more pod feed. So that's bit.ly slash more pod feed. Right. Well, thank you for listening to this break pointer. Hopefully that was helpful for some people. Let's jump back into the pod. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Hello, welcome back after the break. So we have with us Japes Huber and we have Matt Foot Trading. Matt, first foot weekly break in a long, long time. How was that for you? I'll tell you what, I think they've they've stepped up after team of the year. I don't know what it is, Ben. You've you've outdone yourself yet again. <laughs> a couple of patches, you know, and it's all good. Exactly. Uh, we, we got a couple of questions on various elements of foot gameplay, as we always do. And this first one, I think, is a good one. We talked about pace on defenders, I think it was last week. I gave 
the SBC Boateng are hammering and uh, so did everyone else on the pod and a lot of people weren't very happy about that. But let's talk about this particular question. So with the number of defenders that now have max pace combined with more and more players playing deep um, blocks slash five at the back, do you think it's less important for an attacker to have max pace? For example, would a player like future stars Kulevsky um, with 93 pace be better with a finisher or perhaps a boost to shooting and dribbling rather than trying to max his pace? James, what are your thoughts on this? Totally. If a card has over 90 pace, like I've been putting finishers with a rare exception because you've got players like Serge Gnabry, who his freeze card is the one I'm I'm talking about, Mm. but he has like 95 acceleration and 83 sprint speed. So like, yeah, you still kind of need like a hunter there because 83 sprint speed, he's going to get caught. But if they have over 90, like even max pace defenders, like for the most part, if they have 92 pace versus 99 pace like they're gonna get caught all the same and i'd rather have the chemistry style boosting the other attributes Mm. i've even thought about it with so that wayne rooney card is nuts by the way for those of you guys that Mm -hmm. haven't done him like i guess you'll talk about him in the content oh yeah you you better believe it (laughs) but he's a card that like he needs you probably could get away with leaving his pace or his acceleration at 89 and sprint speed at like 86 but a little bit of a boost from engine and he's plenty of fast. Like he's not, Mm. he's not getting caught. Like I still use, and I was explaining this briefly in the stream as well. Like Robert Lewandowski's player of the month card that I've used for a really, really long time. Like I use engine on him and it puts his pace at like 84 and 85. And I still use the get in, get in behind instruction on him. And he will like outpace players if he gets into the right spot. So I, I just think there's like you know, pe- there's this like constant obsession from some people that like you have to apply a hunter cam. But for me, you know, now we're definitely at the point in the cycle where like if you're getting any of these new cards that released are released and they have over 90 pace, like you probably don't need to put on a hunter or like a, you know, a full blown pace boost. and You're better off using some of the other ones. Now, with that said, defensively like i always want them to have 99 pace but it's because i play on that 10 depth Mm, yeah yeah. matt in terms of the maxing pace question on attackers what are your thoughts do you have any i mean maybe all your players are max pace but uh (laughs) (laughs) anyway certainly davis yeah i'm i'm fully you know just going towards if you can boost say agility balance with the use of like an engine and just getting a minimal pace boost that's something i'd take every single day mm. just with the way the game is this year you know even varan like so many people have that card and you know you could have you know team of the year and bappes and he's still getting caught by someone like varan so i'd much rather just go with other boosts that improve the dribbling so that you can actually turn quicker and get away from those players you know in tighter areas rather than just trying to break away you know, that's something that I've been doing a lot more and I've been having a bit more success with with those kinds of chem styles. Nice. Sounds good. And then, Hugh, obviously, you asked the question, but we might as well come to you and hear your thoughts towards the end here. Yeah, so I think it depends on what player you're using and also how you're playing. So for a while, I was using Inform Messi on the right wing in the 4-3-3. And I was trying to max his pace with the Hunter because his sprint speed is like 83, but he still was fine with 93 sprint speed after the Hunter because he was mostly cutting inside. So he didn't really need to get in behind because he was cutting inside anyway. But then with someone like Flashback Ronaldo, who I now have as the right winger, I'm using a Hunter, even though without it, he would still be about as fast as that inform Messi because he's a right-footed player on the right side. So he needs to get space 
wide to do the power shot across goal. So that's kind of how I've been treating things. I think on a striker, it just more depends, you know, how you're using them. Um, like the others have said that, you know, if, if you're having someone who can link up play and, you know, do other things, then maybe the pace isn't as important. But if you're someone who likes to sit deep, mostly play on the counter, then you probably do need it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and also if you're playing on the counter, you tend to have more space with your players. So, you know, the dribbling stats aren't going to be as important because you're not going to be under pressure as much. So yeah, that, that does make a lot of sense. So next question, uh, two left foot asking, it might sound like a basic question, but when you're defending, when should you jockey standing or slide tackle? I gave away about eight penalties this week in league from innocuous challenges that seemed to be from a quick movement from a jockey rather than, I guess, a manual tackle, if you like. What would be your advice on this? Where should we start? Let's start with Matt. What were your thoughts on tackling? Like, Are you just jockeying into players and when you're in the box, are you doing something different? Like, what, What's your go-to? Well, I've been running Team of the Year Ramos, Team of the Year Van Dijk and that prime Cannavaro this weekend. And mm. I've got a lot of faith in them. So even when I'm facing up against, you know, these mid R9s, Eusebios, I tend to give them a yard and just sort of play for the blocks. I know people are going to listen mm. to that and think, oh, you're just abusing the auto blocks. But with players like Van Dyke and Ramos, it's it's just something you've got to use. You know, they're so good at getting a, getting a foot in, getting a leg in front of the shot. So I don't really tend to risk going in for tackles unless I've got a bit of cover behind me because I don't want to, you know, risk, you know, either giving up a better shot or giving away the penalty because we've seen so many penalty decisions that are just absolutely nonsensical, you know, barely any contact in the box and the, the referee's given it. So, yeah, I, I just put a bit more faith in my my centre-back, sort of give the striker a yard, just keep jockeying with that, that L2 and, you know, try and get the block or try and win the ball if there's a clear tackling opportunity. Yeah, and then if you are trying to then win the ball, because I guess he's presumably having players come towards his jockeying defender who's standing off mm. are you pressing tackle or just like allowing the defender to sort of win the ball automatically if i can i'm trying to just let them run into me because i feel like there's less chance of that tackle animation resulting in a in a penalty i've found many times you know a well-timed tackle with just a little bit of contact will give a penalty compared to a really badly timed automatic animation where you're not actually pressing the tackle button. I don't know whether that's a, mm. a thing that's coded into the game. If you press tackle, it's more likely to give a penalty rather than rather than just sort of letting the, the AI make that tackle for you. I think, yeah, just letting them walk into you really is just, it's worked a little bit better for me in sort of avoiding those sort of unnecessary penalties. Mm. One point I would make on this is a lot of what I see when people are jockeying, and I think, Matt, your point is really good about essentially looking for blocks because I see clips of people getting frustrated with situations in the box that they'll send and actually a lot of the time I'm looking at this and what they're doing is essentially too much yeah they really need to just stand there and wait for the player to shoot and block it mm -hmm. and that might sound like mechanics abuse because of how good blocking is but if you look at real life football players don't tend to actually go in for proper tackles in the box yeah. because there are dangers there with penalties. You could get beaten, all those kind of things. So it's, it's actually kind of true to real life, I would say, actually. And the other thing that they'll do is they'll see the player shift the ball to the side and they'll just like basically try and jockey into them. Mm -hmm. And that, for me, is one of the big times when people concede penalties from jockeying. It's when they shift their jockey animation into the player 
at like a weird angle as the player tries to almost go past them. Whereas what they should be doing is essentially continuing to protect the angle for the shot on goal. So rather than making the jockey movement towards the player, you want to shift to make that jockey movement so it's still blocking the shot angle rather than trying to move any more necessarily towards a player or into the path of the player. Because if the ball gets in front of that path and you don't get there, then that will be a penalty. So that's what you need to watch out for. And doing that shift to the side and blocking the angle rather than trying to get the ball is going to help big time. But obviously there are still risks. Hugh, what are you doing in these kind of situations? If I'm pressing high up the pitch, I'm being a bit more aggressive. So in general, I'm only using a tackle button if I'm willing to potentially foul the player. So maybe it's three on three, I'm defending, I'm going for the ball. And if I don't get the ball, I'm going to take out the man, but that's fine. Mm. If I'm in the box, I'm definitely more just jockeying, like Matt was saying. And like you were saying, Ben, just trying to stay more between the ball and the goal. And if you're holding jockey, I think if the player tries to touch the ball past you, generally your player kind of not like auto block, but he'll stick his foot out if it's close enough anyway. Um, So you don't necessarily need to tackle. Um, I would really only use a tackle button in the box if I'm really scrambling and maybe like I know he's about to shoot and I'm just going to go all out to try to block the shot. But otherwise, I'm more just kind of throttling both triggers to go between jockey and sprint just to stay in front of someone and kind of letting them make the mistake or run into me or eventually, um, you know, if you just stay in front of them long enough, a lot of times they'll turn back or just pass it away. So just kind of containing the danger until um, you can get help to come over. You know, if you can kind of force them to a corner or to a certain side, then player switch with someone nearby, then you can kind of double team them, get the ball off easier rather than just diving in and, you know, risking a penalty. Yeah, yeah, no, that sounds good advice. James, have you got anything to add on this uh, tackling generally? I mean, I really like slide tackling when people are trying to counter mm. and like in transition because they'll make their like long driven pass up to their strikers or whatever and they'll start sprinting forward and you can basically sprint straight at them and slide tackle coming in from out of the screen and just clean, like, clean them out and it feels so, so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's the same as what uh, Hubert's saying in some ways. Like, I'm perfectly happy to give up a foul in that area of the pitch like it's not going to affect me at all yeah yeah so you know you just obviously don't want to do it if a player has a yellow card already yeah yeah definitely okay well let's move on to one final question which is something that i've been meaning to ask for a while and i think even better for hugh being on because he'll also probably have an answer for this and that is something that i personally have always struggled with whenever i've had my fullbacks on balanced and even sometimes when i have them on stay back is people playing through balls down the wings and getting you know in on goal the weekends where I seem to manage to get a handle on that are the weekends where I do really well because I think for players who are like goal one and above but also at all levels it's something that they really rely on for creating chances and so you do feel like you're at a slight disadvantage whenever you play with your fullbacks set on balanced rather than stay back what techniques do you use defensively in order to you know stop those situations occurring Hugh do you want to start us off here yeah I think a th- key thing to keep in mind is that a player having the ball on the wing is not a goal threat. Mm. It's good for getting your team up the field and, you know, countering into space. And then, you know, maybe you look to play across or something like that, or even just like creating that space in general. But if someone has the ball on the wing, say they have a four, four, two and their wingers up the field and you have your two center backs in a CDMC are outnumbered. A lot of people will just send their center back running straight at the winger, which then means 
they have 3v1 in the middle of the field. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to kind of balance out like what the, you know, the biggest threat is. And if someone's running down the wing, really all they can do is pass to another player or cross. So if you take your center back who's closest to that side and block off, you know, the the runners in the middle, then there's really not much they can do. So really, it's just about slowing them down until you can get your defenders back. I mean, obviously, you can leave your fullbacks on stay back if you need to. I prefer to just leave them on balanced if I can just to, you know, have the attacking help. But really, I think it's more just about buying time, keeping them wide and not overcommitting because once you overcommit and they can take you out pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if it's like 2v1, 3v2, um, it's pretty easy to play around that. Then you just leave yourself even more exposed. So don't overcommit to the wing when you know the ball has to come back inside for them to score anyway. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think that was a very good explanation. I don't know whether Japes, you've got anything to add there, actually. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I thought, Matt, anything else yourself? Nope. Great. Well, that worked out really well. One final thing then, and I think we're ready to wrap up on the gameplay pod apart from this. Um, Hugh, you put out some content on YouTube uh, over the last week or two. One of them, which a lot of people in the Discord have been watching and enjoying, is the crossing tutorial. Um, we'd obviously encourage everyone to check out the full video, but just in terms of maybe a brief summary of what you explained in that video, which I think I haven't seen anywhere else and why people might want to go check it out. I realized that I was one of the few people who probably crosses a lot, and I know Japes talks on his stream about being a dirty crosser, <laughs> one opponent uh, said, um, you know, it's it's not something that most people are prepared to deal with unless it's um, like the situations we were talking about before where, you know, someone's down the wing and it's wide open, you know, obvious driven cross. But um, I mostly am just using standard, you know, X button on Xbox crosses, you know, not driven, just playing them to the back post just outside the edge of the six yard box. And if you know the right situations to look for, it's usually a pretty easy goal. Um, you know, heading is manual this year, so it, it can be a little more tricky to score. But if you get that down, I think it creates some really good chances, especially in situations where it might look like, oh, I don't really have an angle to do anything here. I'm just going to turn and play the ball backwards. And they're pretty low risk because, you know, if you're playing a lofted cross, a lot of times if the defender gets there, it's being headed out for a corner or maybe they flick it out to the top of the box and then you have someone who's there to get to that ball. So um, I think it's a really viable attacking strategy that a lot of people don't use. Yeah, I mean, if you're using that style of cross, though, likely you're crossing to either your left wing or right wing, right? Yeah. And who do you have in those positions? Because I think a lot of people are going to say, yeah, that sounds interesting. But I've got like for me right now, my left wing is Frank Ribery. And, you know, I don't, I don't know how jazzed I'll be about sending a cross to Frank Ribery. Yeah, so I've actually had examples where like I had Neymar cross to Messi at the back post. And if they're open enough and you play the right ball, it's still a pretty easy goal because like I said, with heading being manual and you're heading it from like just outside the six yard box. So it's kind of, I wouldn't say hard to miss because that kind of makes it sound easier than it is, but it's, it's not that difficult. Whereas in previous years, you might need like a Cristiano at the back post to like really have a chance of scoring. I'm going to have to try this, get into the box because usually I like the idea of that tactic because it just makes your wingers like cut inside more consistently than which is like the cut inside command. So I might have to give this, you know, considering I am a crosser, <laughs> I might have to give it a run. Yeah. And actually, I think the great thing about that tutorial, you know, it's, it's all about where you're crossing from and what angles you're looking 
to cross at and this is all just a regular cross which i think makes it particularly helpful because that is something that's i think really overlooked so it's really good yeah check it out hugh i, I guess how can people find that most easily yeah so my youtube is just h00 bear all one word it'll come up it's a video about crossing just have two videos on the channel right now so it shouldn't be too hard to find yeah and it currently says what elite fifa guide or something so you can change that to top 200 fifa guide now so <laughs> yeah, yeah happy days change pen <laughs> well thanks for coming on and uh updating us on your progress in the world of competitive foot it's been uh, great to have you yeah thanks for having me and uh let's also say thanks to matt for trading obviously we're gonna have matt and japes insights on the content pod which is going to be great um but for now matt Huge thanks for coming on. Where can people catch you? Thank you very much, Ben. Pleasure as always. Uh, yes, just over on Twitter, Matt Foot Trading. Also on Twitch occasionally. We might be streaming some weekend leagues over there in the future. And finally, Japes, it's been great to have you back. Thanks for joining us. It was my pleasure. And where can people catch those uh, cathartic streams beating players who pass it around the back? <laughs> I mean, certainly I'm not one passing. I know there have been some clips of pros passing it around the back in time wasting recently but that is you know we play 10 depth up to the bitter end it doesn't matter if we're winning or <laughs> yeah. losing in a tight game or not uh, but you can find me on twitch.tv slash fifa and then if you have questions or just want to you know chat all things that are fifa it's twitter.com slash airjapes fantastic and a quick plug then for that content pod which is going to be a good one because we've got Chewboy on who is always full of insider insights from his time at EA and talking about the current issues around the game and plenty more if you would like to get that along with double the amount of foot weekly podcast content from just three pounds a month and you're not already a supporter then please do support the pod if you can over at bit.ly slash more pods that's bit.ly slash more pods thanks to all those supporters out there keeping the podcast going including of course those icon patrons dave b dj fifa player coach vass hugh j thomas alan g hunter b alistair Martin M, Jordan, Matt L, Reese A, David S, Liam B, Harry P, Sam B, Adam G, Neil P, Robbie S, Andrew C, Tom B, Paul S, Stephen F, Eric T, Christopher R, Jonathan P, Elliot M, Lee A, Paul, Johan P, Dominic, Rob P, Michael, Sam P, David C, Brian S, Sila P, James P, Mikael L, Nishant, Reuben D, Dougie, Stephen C, Anthony R, also ran, Jeff B, Stephen M, Roger D, Dan W, Pobius, Sporkum, Bronco, Matt H, and Savage P. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Nick V, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you though, just one more thing to add. FIFA's a bit like life really, it has its many ups and its many downs and if you are having a few more downs 
than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice and support, or even just a chat available to anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, I'll catch you next time. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.